Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. We always say that we want better lives, you know, more joyful lives, happier lives, all the rest of it. But at the same time, it's actually very scary because we don't know what that's like. And what I find so interesting about this whole season is that this whole season is effectively talking about stuff that no one really knows about yet. Right. Or how to achieve it. I mean, as far as we know, we really don't know what this season's about, right? We're just kind of winging it for the first time, um, and which I find exciting and somewhat challenging if I think too much about it, so I don't. But you're right. I think as much as people say they want happiness say they want peace, say that they want a life free of fear and expectation, all they seem to do is just sort of loop in their old stories instead. I know I'm very weird in one specific way. In your right. dating history, as you know, mm-hmm. in like the prehistoric times before you met Ricardo and been together for like 3,000 years. <laughs> before the wheel was invented and fire was discovered. Okay. <laughs> you know, you had many different experiences. Mm-hmm. For me, I had many different experiences, but they tended to be with the same people. Okay. Yes. Like, as in, like, whether it was, like, one long mess or whether it was a mess that kept recurring at mm-hmm. different stages of my life where I would be in a different place, they would be in a different place. So it would be a different relationship with exactly the same people in it. I know that makes me very unique, but it also offered me a really interesting perspective. Okay. <laughs> because what I realized is, is that regardless of whether I'm looking at exactly the same face or not, mm-hmm. it was always my nature to hold on to what had happened before, the memories that we had, the people that we interacted with. Oh, last time I went to this cinema, this happened. Last time I went Mm. to this bar, this happened. Last time I wore this dress, this happened. So what I ended up doing was, even though I was being given like almost like blank-ish slates with these people, I wasn't blanking them at all because I was bringing in (laughs) all my old experiences, all my old things. I was kind of making them old school it's a bit like a remake of a movie where (laughs) no one's actually changed the plot at all but everyone's just a different character does that make sense and I feel yeah it's just a recreation or a remake right (laughs) over and over but so many people do that I mean not to make it seem as if like you're not unique but there 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 are certainly a set of people who prefer things that way as opposed to complete and utter change which is generally how I would sort of run toward life but I actually wanted to ask you that because I remember in our first session you said to me that I chose it that way because in some ways it was cleaner why is that Mm -hmm. cleaner so say like you have like one person in your life over several years or many years however you would consider the number to be a lot it's cleaner in the sense that you're not re-establishing a new relationship every time you might be playing through a different dynamic with them in various stages but you're not going through the you know, the meet cute or the first date or whatever, and sort of building and building and then uh, and then deconstructing, <laughs> if you will. And that's cleaner. So what I'm getting is that it works for impatient people like me who can't be fucked with the initial stages of meeting and having to make small talk. Right. Or people who are reticent to change, who don't love that stuff, right? Who just really, really swim and bask in the familiar. Okay, fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Because, but I have to say that even though that's, I guess, 
positive-ish because you get the lessons but you don't have to go through like kind of the periods in between where you're like creating the relationship for the first time what holding on though and what having that kind of relationship does is I felt it like just created so many expectations for me yeah so you know as I was saying like oh when we went to a bar this last happened so I'd almost expect it to happen again or Mm. I'd do the opposite and be like if it happens again I haven't changed now, I remember being in relationships with people ex- saying, well, if the outcome is the same, it means that I haven't grown up. My magic doesn't work, let's say. Mm-hmm. But if it does, if it is different, then I, I, you know, I'm a different person. I based so much of my expectations meant that I was always bringing the past into my future and using oh, yeah. it as a barometer to how much who I was. Absolutely. But then I realized that that was super fucked up. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Because not only is if I have grown up and it is a new dynamic, let's say I'm just basically making it into the old dynamic again, which part of it I can't help myself. So I have the compassion for it, but still it's not healthy um, mm-hmm. or in any way growth. Right. Okay. Um, but okay. the other thing that I find even more fucked up is that we're giving in doing that. I gave the power of determining my consciousness to someone else because I was basing my evolution on their reactions of me. Effectively, you were just allowing all this external validation or this experience with another person to dictate your own sense of well-being and who you were. Yeah, so I have gotten rid of my karma because this person who I was with in my karma is treating me differently. But if they don't treat me differently, I haven't gotten rid of my karma at all. So I'm letting someone Mm. else tell me whether or not I've gotten rid of my own karma. When really, actually, for me anyway, like looking at it differently is they could act in exactly the same way. It's how I react, which tells me everything. Mm. And if I'm still holding on to expectations, if I'm still using anything external as a barometer of my well-being and my growth, Mm-hmm. I haven't really grown up at all. You know, you hit upon something that I think is worth um, mentioning and how, especially now in 2022, we really are hitting it now time. But here in 2022, we really are, the more conscious we are, the more now time we can exist, right? And live and be. And what holds us back from that has so much to do with the sort of human nature, well, the sentimentality of our nature, which is to always hold on to the past, right? To keep looking back at the past and say, well, this is how it was. This is how it used to be. Wasn't it so idyllic? But then what we really are doing when we do that is we're, we keep propping up 3D. We just keep creating the shit that we're trying to move past. But then we want to think, okay, well, but at least we'll do the good stuff, right? Well, then we'll hold on to the good parts, as you said, you know, I had good memories from this, so why would I even let that go? But the problem is, is that the longer we hold on to anything, even the seemingly positive stuff, we still keep it alive. Well, because also the positive stuff when I was in my karma wasn't that positive. It was just better than really shit. <laughs> so like less shit? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I remember this happening. But actually, as I've expanded and my experiences have expanded. That's not that positive anymore. It's just something that happened. And actually, I have to say, I I realized I hit now time properly because okay. there was a period of time and it was only a glimpse because like everything else that happens to us, 
you know, it happens and then we have, we have a bit of it and then we kind of backslide a bit and then we have a bit more and then we backslide a bit until it becomes our state. It has to kind of come in and out like a wave. Yeah. To be fair though, it's not necessarily backsliding as much as we're building up a momentum to move us fully into something. Exactly. So it's just like trying, trying, and then you're like, oh wait, I know this. Oh, I know this more. I know this better. And it's just like, you get used to it effectively until it's just what how who you are what you are what it is exactly it's it's a muscle yeah exactly and it was and it was basically this feeling I remember like standing and just thinking right now I have no proof like obviously my mind had to get involved because it has to be on board I have no proof that anything on the past ever happened apart from my memory of it and I've got no idea what the fuck's going to happen afterwards so all I've got actually in this moment is me standing here with the sun on my skin my feet in the water. I could be the girl who's in a relationship. I could be the girl who's with her family. I could be the girl who's, I don't know, about to have a really yummy meal. But actually, the only absolute thing I've got is this moment. Mm-hmm. And not only did that allow me to be wholly conscious in that moment, but mm-hmm. it made the past seem much more of a whisper than a scream. Mm-hmm. And it made the future much more of a possibility rather than such a narrow path. Because oh, all of a sudden beautiful. anything was possible. And all the faces around me were identical. I mean, it's not like I've never met my parents before. It's not like <laughs> I've never seen my family before. It's not like I've even never been in that house before. But looking at it in that way, everything was different. And what was even more interesting for me personally is that when I was a kid, that is how I saw the world. And I do think a big part of this work that we do is just remembering that actually we had all the answers oh, yeah. and they were like effectively separated out of us. So I was like, oh, this feels natural to me because I know this. And, and side note, yeah. when we're young and we know this stuff, we can never articulate it. It's actually something that cannot be verbalized or we're really able to attach words to. And so sometimes I find, and you've commented, our language can seem a little complicated, but because when you really do need to articulate spirit, it has to be able to embody a very particular energy and words. And we can't just sort of like ABC through it. And just because, you know, what you know isn't always what you can speak of. Like what I just explained to you is the best way that I can explain it. But it's mm-hmm. just more this feeling that actually this moment is all that matters. And it's not something your mind could just say, okay, we'll be in the present, be in the now, because that's all it has. What you were describing when you're you know, you're, you were in the water and you were standing in the sun, that, that full presence that you experienced is really an experience. Just like everything else is. So whereas before talking my heart, speaking my truth was like so fucking difficult. And I'd be like sobbing and rocking. And like, you'd think I was having like some kind of like, I don't know, like exorcism, which effectively in some ways it was, you know, now it's just, that's just what I do. And I don't even think about it. It's not even something I have to consider. It's just, if I don't do it, something's off. So I think a lot of this is about kind of, pra- not practice makes perfect, experience makes normal. Experience makes normal, yes. What stops us from feeling that way, what kind of stops experience becoming normal, as it were, is the fear that we can't allow ourselves to believe that we can be happy. 
Because how can you be in a present moment? How can you think that this nice moment can become normal so that other nice moments will become like even better nice moments will become like the nice moments? Do you know what I mean? Like, how can you imagine that the barometer of your happiness will keep on rising? Well, and we can't imagine it because it's never been possible before. Okay. It's not what life on earth was ever about from the time that, you know, for thousands of years, that's not what it was about, right? So why is it about that now? Because of this consciousness game that we've decided to to create. Why? Because effectively, Earth was going to pretty much self-destruct, right? Humans were just going to destroy each other. I mean, well, you asked the question and this is the answer, which we wrote about, right? That in order to bring humanity forward in its evolution, in order to keep it from self-destructing, by effectively just destroying one another to the point where we were just, you know, blown up into oblivion, we needed to shift out of separation. So it was just literally a point like, okay, you guys have played in this dimension for long enough. You can go to another planet and do that. Here you can, now we need to actually make this a bit more utopic because otherwise what's beautiful about earth is going to crumble. Exactly. All the freedom that was possible was then also, um, coupled with all the fear that came from life on earth and living in separation that we needed to get to oneness. And we didn't even have to like promise utopia. I think the point was just to find some peace. Yeah. Cause then you actually, honestly, and I keep saying this, but like, I genuinely believe that we learn better in joy and we mm. learn better in happiness and we process like how I learn now compared to how I learned in my karma, it's night and day. Because when I was learning in my karma, there was a very strong undercurrent of resent- resentment, anger, suffering, and pain. And I remember when someone said to me at one point, like, you know, well, in order to do all of this, it just means I'm going to have to suffer. And I that's why I don't want to do this, like the work, as it were. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember actually thinking, but we're already suffering. Every day is fucking suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, so all we're doing when we're feeling like pain, you know, we're like we're learning through pain. All we're doing is actually paying attention to the existing suffering. We're not creating new suffering. No, not at all. But we've just been circling in that suffering for far too long. And it was becoming far too damaging for most people to emerge from in a more healed state, right? In order for life and evolution to kind of continue in a sort of upward trajectory. So, because, and what was pulling us back and pulling us back was our sense of history, our sense of the past, which is why the past was all, we were always looping through it, right? And it's part because it was always informing our actions. Yeah. And so one of the reasons why people, they say they want to be happy, they say they want something different, but are so afraid is because they cannot even begin to envision it. Yeah, because right? they can't even imagine that it's normal to do that. No, because effectively what we're being asked to do in order to get there is to make something out of nothing. Good point. And how do you do that? Everybody wants some kind of framework. Somebody needs a sort of, you know, paint by number concept. Otherwise, how do you get there? Sell me something, right? Sell me gratitude. Sell me manifestation. Sell me new mindset, right? Sell me ego crushing bullshit, But I need something in order to kind of be the architect of all of this. And the reality is that you can't do it like that. No, because then you're just bringing the old into the new. So it's not new. Exactly. And you're taking somebody else's formula in order to do it. Yeah. And it actually has to be your own. Which is why sometimes I find this podcast a bit fluffy or just a bit, (laughs) not fluffy, fluffy is the wrong word. I was going to say, that's sad. (laughs) I'd say structureless. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't necessarily, we don't give you like a bulletproof 
point system on how to get out of your karma and create a new world because the truth is the whole point is to empower yourself to do it yourself in your own way exactly and because if I you know and I'll even say you know I have clients who come to me and they want solutions right they want you know certain answers you're going to do this okay this is your issue this is your karmic issue and then this will be okay we release that and then this is your five-step whatever sometimes it'll happen Sometimes, rarely though, and sometimes it'll happen and it's the complete opposite of what actually the client ends up doing, which is more to their benefit. Like what they end up doing is way better and cooler than anything their guides told them. Right. right. And they'll come back purpose? to me and be like, oh, completely. <laughs> it's completely purposeful. It's so annoying. Because I can't tell be like, you how many times the guys have told me this happen. is, the guys have told me to do something and then I've literally like I was actually even thinking about it like two three days ago and I was thinking you know what's funny like some of the things some of the things over the past couple of years that I regret to my very core if there Mm. is such thing as regret oh god if I'm a part of that story I feel bad sorry no is are the (laughs) things are the expectations and Mm -hmm. assumptions that Mm -hmm. I made as a result of something I heard from the guides you know there's always a point and whatever I needed to do I needed to learn a Every time it's a very important lesson, which is just, can you only listen to yourself? Can you actually listen to yourself? And we have, we've spoken about this so many times in the past, like my specific relationship with the guides and your relationship with the guides and how it all kind of all like meshes up together. But it very much is this idea is that can we really believe to be happy? Mm -hmm. The question is also, can we really believe that we know what's best for us? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, and that is why we have spent so many episodes talking about empowerment and listening to yourself. But that's what divine nature is. And that's what Mm -hmm. freedom is, right? Our soul's freedom is to believe that we are free enough to do whatever the fuck we know is best for us. Yes. To make a choice. And to approach ourselves with no judgment for that choice. The soul's nature is to be in bliss. In order for a soul to exist in separation, it has to split itself, which is why life is so painful. Because a soul can and only needs to be whole. Mm. It is only capable of life here on earth because it is a brief moment in that soul's lifespan, if you will, that it knows it can be in separation from the divine for only so long, right? It's Pretty much like for me going on a roller coaster and knowing that it's only two and a half minutes long so I can bear it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Because I'm not really a fan of roller coasters, but I'm like, yeah, I can do it because it's two and a half minutes, right? But what we've defined happiness is, is sort of that that long-term slow burn way of being that can only come when we're aware of the divine. And when we are swimming in our own divinity, which, as we also say, is our power. When we know that we are a powerful being. And by power, we don't mean, you know, influential, which is I know how, you know, 3D people would see power. Well, no, because for me, you talk about it in that way. Yes, obviously, there's a part of me that understands it. But if I have to think about it whilst kind of like removing the divine aspect, when we we react and act in a way that is in line with how we want to act and react, we know that we are powerful enough to communicate how we feel and who we are in every fucking moment. And that is how we know that we are divine because we have made ourselves a God in our own world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's really what for me runs very counter to that in this kind of like kind of 3D idea of it is that I can't be an individual 
right? I can't honor mm. myself because mm-hmm. in doing so, I'm hurting the collective. And that's actually not the case, which I know we've spoken about in the past. In order to serve the collective, one's got to serve themselves first. But I think right. there's also more to that. Yes, and which is why we spoke about that in the previous episode, about not only in order to be in higher consciousness, we have to lose our egos, but we're still going to be going through this process of identity shedding, right? Because so often when we when we believe we're not free enough to be happy, it means we feel like we have to erase who we are for the benefit of the whole. So what actually helps us is the pursuit of true happiness. Which is what? So to get happy requires three things from us, right? First is the belief that it is possible without judgment. Because so often we have it embedded in us. It's just a function of 3D and the, the, the powers that be where it has been, we're programmed to believe that to be happy is a selfish act. Like, how dare you? And we, and this is the reason, one of the reasons why we had to talk about marriage in the first episode and identity shedding in the second episode. I mean, really, we are just flowing right along in whatever this theme is that they're talking about, which is, you know, in the deconstruction of 3D and all of its paradigms, we're looking at what's going to seem like a very selfish thing to do if we're ending relationships. If we seem to be destroying other people's lives, if we're worrying about like how this is always going to impact the children or our family units, etc. There's just a sense of you don't have a right to be happy because you are part of this segment, right? Whatever this, this unit. And for you to go do that destroys everything. Else. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of guilt and judgment coming. So we needed to acknowledge that as well. And to also understand that in in an effort to shed all of our identities in order to enable now time, right? Full presence requires that we not carry with us all that baggage in the past. So we needed to be able to sort of speak to that before we can get to this. So the second thing is to understand that it is our divine right to be happy because that is how we reach our divine true nature, which is effectively be your own fucking self and be true to yourself, right? That's all that is really speaking to. And the third thing is to understand what happiness is not. It is not contentment, which is effectively coasting because we are here to be challenged. We are dynamic creatures. We do not grow. We do not evolve. If all we're doing is kind of getting to this baseline of everything's fine, I'm good. I've divested myself of my karma. My core fear is gone. I'm humble enough to get through my life. I don't need any more. Because I guess really happiness and then bliss or whatever is that feeling like I am so happy to be alive. (laughs) Exactly. And how do we know when we're alive? (laughs) Not like survival 2.0, like, oh, I can survive this better. It's that, oh, I'm choosing this life. And I know that there are moments to come that are going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to be fine. Right. I mean, it's like, oh, I know one day I'm going to have to move out of London and whatever that move is, is going to be stressful as fuck. But I'm going to go for it because it's part of my path. It's part of my growth and evolution. Right. I mean, I'm not sure I'm there yet where I'm like, oh, I'm so happy, like to be alive. Everything in my life, like I wake up in the morning and like the smile is beaming off my face. No, I'm not there yet. You know what? You're not a morning person, though, either. I'm not a morning person. I don't wake up and like jump out of bed. I'm like a I'm a literally roll to the floor, like (laughs) climb and stand. Um, It takes time. And it does take time again, like that's the endurance part of this, um, of this sort of consciousness game is to continue to push through because we are going to, you know, we'll plateau a bit in, in our growth, 
And that's what the challenges are there for is to not kick us down and make us unhappy or force us to backslide. They're there to push us to grow more. Because right. they're not not—they're not just highlighting our suffering. They're actually allowing us to expand even more. And that's different because we're not unhappy. We're just uncomfortable. Because change exactly. is uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that we're suffering in the un- discomfort. We're just, you know. It's basically a bit like when you're, when you're young and your shoes... Um, I don't know why I have this visual. Oh my God, I just had a vision of shoes. I was actually, I was like, she's going to make fun of me if I give this shoe. No, no, I'm gonna, no, no, but it's exactly the <laughs> same one. But like, you know, when you're younger and you, you you buy a pair of shoes and then you're growing out of them. So they get uncomfortable to wear. So then you've got to buy a new pair of shoes. It's that kind of discomfort. Like I'm, I, I'm like expanding too far for the box I'm currently in to hold me. I need more. Exactly. Great metaphor. And I was exactly, I was going to say that. Since when have we ever had the same metaphor? I'm very proud of us. I know. It's crazy. You see, like, I think that's why these episodes are going to be different this season. There's like something there. Yeah, and so contentment is not what we're aiming for. Satiated desire is not happiness, right? That's just, as you've described, just a relief from your pain. So we need to understand and be able to make that distinction so that we can discern what is a happy life for each and every one of us. We cannot get to this place that we just described while we are in our karmic stories. But for anybody who is in their karmic stories, and yet working towards this and listening to this, you you can pursue happiness and work toward it because it helps you eliminate fear. Like I want to be happy so badly, I would rather quit my job or do the thing that I'm most afraid of, but I know is going to bring me a step or five or 10 closer to happiness than staying where I'm at. So healing can always be parallel, Right. Because I know that before you had said something about like, you know, there's this idea that you have to do the work and then everything happens. But in what you've experienced, you can do both. Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. The idea of when mm-hmm. that actually is very damaging and I'm still working through it, if I'm honest. But it's that idea of, you know, when I had my eating disorder, it's like when I'm at the dream weight, then my life can start. Or, you know, when I was working through my karma, it was when I'm this, then I can meet the right person. When I've done this, then. And actually, that is just another facet of not good enough. Because why not now? It's something I would almost ask. Why not now? Like, fine, for me personally, the stuff I wanted, actually, once I did the kind of work through why I thought I wanted it, it turns out I didn't want it at all. Mm-hmm. And I think why not now was probably because I didn't actually want it and I needed to figure that out. But there are some things that I very much wanted in my karma that I still want now. A specific type of success, uh, a a different way of helping. Like there there are still things that I've always wanted that haven't gone away. And Mm -hmm. I feel like my default programming is to go to, well, I must not be ready yet. I must Mm. not have done the work yet. You know, I still haven't learned this or that or the other. Well, we're going to answer this very quickly just to be able to share this, right? Because there's no reason for anyone to sort of sit in this if that's been a burning question. First of all, you're here for your growth and evolution, right? That is why we are here. Often what we think we want is the thing that's going to just bring us relief from the quote-unquote work or the challenges that we really need to work through, right? It's not to say that that person, place, or thing, that object, whatever it is that you want, isn't the carrot. Often it is for people to actually do the work, right? But effectively, as you've learned, most of the time, that that want ends up getting burned out. But 
if it doesn't happen, you can be about 80% sure that it was for your highest good. That most of the time, now you can understand that your higher self is pretty much directing your karmic trajectory and evolution in terms of the healing the majority of the time, like 100% of the time. So what's that extra 20%? Um, We're going to get there because there's three things, right? If it's not in your highest good, the second is it's not contracted. Like it's something a person thinks that they really want, right? Because of whatever reason, but it's not contracted. And then the third is it comes in never in the way a person thinks. So the experience of something, and this doesn't happen a lot, or the fulfillment of effectively what you're describing as a wish desire. It's not a want, it's a wish desire. It, when it arrives, it's never, it doesn't meet the person's expectations. So they're unaware that it is actually there. So those would be the three reasons. I mean, the only issue I have is with the second reason, because if it's not contracted, but it's a wish desire, why isn't it contracted? Because surely we are divine, right? So if it's a wish desire, mm-hmm. how we make it happen? Yeah, you can make it happen, but a person has to make it happen. Make the contract then. Often people don't go far enough, right? If you want it, you're that powerful. Exactly. And that's why it's possible to be happy. Exactly. Because we're that powerful. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.